You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt LaMarche. I am your host for today's episode of the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. I really appreciate you being here. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of everything Atlanta real estate here on the Rundown. Today, I am beyond ecstatic to have our guest today uh, in studio. He's no stranger to like a podcast radio environment. And as soon as you read the title of this, you'll understand why. Um, but uh, just super excited to sit down and talk everything uh, Atlanta real estate, of course, but also just to give people a little more context for your journey and how you got here today. Uh, so without further ado, Mr. Jimmy Barron, thank you so much for joining us, ma'am. Great to be here. Well, Great I really appreciate here. it. And, and as I said, a staple, not just in Atlanta radio, but radio period. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lightning strike uh, <laughs> when we were on the air back in the 90s and 2000s. I was on uh, a station formerly known as 99X for, mm-hmm. those, of the, for those who, uh, you know, maybe grew up here. I mean, it hasn't been on the air in a long time now. Uh, so, you know, millennials and Gen Ys and Zs or whatever the Gen is now, I have no idea. But, you know, if you were in high school in the uh, mid to late 90s, early 2000s or in college, uh, you probably listened to our station. Absolutely. Our show was The Morning X with Barnes, Leslie and Jimmy. We were on for 13 years and it was a great it was a great run. 13 years is a long time in radio. It is. It is. Well, and as a, a teenager and into my early 20s during that time, uh, I was an avid listener and called in a couple times and Really? You know, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Was it just for a contest or did you ever actually um, have content? No, there was there was I always I mean, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I've always got uh-huh. something to say. <laughs> what tell me what you called in about. I wonder if I and I knew you'd think it would be difficult to believe I would remember one phone no, call, I do but believe. I might. Um so, you know, you guys used to talk about news and uh-huh. recent events and stuff like that and there was something that I was like, no, they got this wrong. They got this wrong. I need to put my, and I'm sure it was like after a big award show or uh-huh. something, you guys were ripping on some celebrity. And I'm like, no, I've seen that guy. I've met that guy. He's different than that. And uh, and I never got through. I did get through for a contest, Oh, you didn't get though. through. Oh, those calls no, I wouldn't, yeah, re- yeah I, wouldn't, I would not know a call <laughs> that a never reason. made it to me. <laughs> There's a reason, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but no, I, I as you said, um, you know, 13 years is amazing. And obviously radio has taken um, a very different, path now, um, not just locally, but syndication and everything else is very, very different now. And of course, a ton of different media is coming out now and mediums are being used, you know, at a very local level as, as well as national. So talk to us a little bit about your history, about how you got to Atlanta. I know you were born in Chicago, right? Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there's a lot more than just radio. I know I believe there's some maybe risky business in there. There was some acting. I mean, I'll try to give you the most abbreviated version of it. I I grew up in Chicago. I went to L.A. in 1979 to be an actor, uh, and I pursued that career for about five or six years. Uh, I had a couple of successes. I was in a couple of TV shows and movies. I had a a scene in Risky Business, and uh, I was on The Facts of Life and Quincy and Heart to Heart and, you know, those shows from the 80s. Um, and then um, ended up – so one of the things I did while I was you know, trying to make a living as an actor was I, uh, I drove a taxi. 
Mm. And I, then I went and drive a limousine because, <laughs> you know, it enables you the flexibility to go on auditions yeah, and uh, yeah. whatever. And one day I got a, um, a thing in the mail. UCLA was uh, offering these – they had these extension courses you could take at night for credit. I mean, they were basket-weaving courses <laughs> that, you know, no people would just take them just so they, they get a credit. Sure. One of them was called Personality Radio. You know, how to be an on-air radio personality. Interesting. Never gave it any thought. I wasn't one of these kids who grew up always listening to the radio, yeah. and I always used to listen to the DJs, and I, not me at all. Mm. Um, and I thought to myself, well, huh, for, you know, I, I'm in my car all day listening to these guys, and it does sound like fun. I'll bet I, that would be something. That would be yeah. fun to do. I think I could do that. Huh. And I, I took this course. The guy who taught it, it turned out, was a fairly significant – uh, consultant in the business who was making some extra money teaching this UCLA course. And uh, he and I struck, struck up a friendship and, you know, I would make tapes. I mean, back then I literally would make <laughs> tapes in my living room on yeah. cassettes. And, um, and through him, I, I met, you know, he got me an interview at a radio station. I started my career out there in Simi Valley, California, and mm -hmm. then went to Oxnard, and then I got a job. Uh, as, this is all off air. Getting, yeah. a, I got a job as a producer um, in San Diego. Worked a couple of stations there for a couple of years. Then back to Chicago for a year on a very uh, big radio show. Uh, Jonathan Brandmeier, who's a legend in Chicago radio, I was his producer. And then an opportunity came up to be a producer uh, for the morning show on a new radio station in Atlanta called Ninety Nine X. And um, I, I didn't want to take it at first because um, it was alternative. It was an alternative radio station. I'd all, only worked on classic rock stations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I, I was very closed-minded. And I was like, "Well, I can't work at an alternative station. I don't even know that music. I don't." <laughs> and the truth is, it doesn't matter in the morning when you do what I did because we had a very, you know, our show, as you know, was really more about personality and interviews and mm -hmm. games and you know having fun and talk and. Um, Anyway, I came down for the interview, and uh, they hired me, and I was just off-air. I was mm -hmm. just the off-air producer at the time on this mm -hmm. new morning show. It was um, Leslie Fram and this uh, another gentleman, uh, Sean Demery. And so I was there to try to make them, because I had a reputation in the business at that point as being a, a good morning show producer. Mm -hmm. you know, I could book guests. I could put together contests. I could, you know, write Bits, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, it wasn't a great show, and occasionally I would have to come on air and, you know, <laughs> pop on the mic and set up a bit or, mm -hmm. you know, just add my two cents. Yeah. Um, so uh, it became apparent at some point that – so Sean, who is a great DJ, uh, rest his soul, he passed away a couple of years ago um, – uh, but he really was never meant for morning radio. He was really an afternoon guy. Mm -hmm. And on occasion that he would go on vacation, the afternoon guy, whose name was Steve Barnes, would come and take his place, and mm -hmm. it would be Steve Barnes and Leslie Fram, and then occasionally me. Yeah. And I became more of the show, and eventually a light went on in the program director's head and said, you know what, this show sounds good. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Let's make this a show. Yeah, And we... Uh, we were fortunate, and we were on there for 13 years, and then I had a little bit of a break and was on Dave FM for a couple of years, but uh, The Morning X was a very 
significant show, not just in Atlanta radio, but as you mentioned, we, you know, because at the time, a lot of the modern rock, a lot of the alternative music was first being played in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And 99X had a very big national reputation. So because we were the morning show, which is the biggest show, you know, we were kind of the, um, uh, we were the lightning rod. Yeah, I love it. Well, and uh, you actually answered one of my questions, which was, can you go from one style or genre of music to another? And as you mentioned in the morning show, it's a little bit different. And that's what I loved about 99X and, and other morning shows was the personalities. Because, you know, when you've, when you've only got the voice to go on, and I'm sure this resonates with podcasters and people that listen to podcasts all the time, you start to feel like you know those people, even by only hearing their voice. Yeah. And that's how I felt, you know, after listening to you guys for years was, I think if I walked into that studio right now, we would be friends. Like, we would probably have a lot of commonalities just based on what I've heard from you. And I would hear all the time, and I still meet people who say, oh my gosh, I feel like I know you so <laughs> yeah. well. And I mean, the the goal when you're, you know, any type of on-air personality is you're, you're not broadcasting to people. Right. You're talking with people. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't have a radio voice, you know, <laughs> what are you like on the radio? You know, I'm, you know, very much the same on the radio. I mean, I, Howard Stern once said um, that the real him is the radio him. Right. Like people would say, well, you know, what's he really like? And he would say, no, that's what I'm really like because I don't have to be filtered when right. I'm on the radio. Right. When I'm off the air, that's when I have to filter myself <laughs> and watch what I say mm -hmm. and be polite. But what, how I really am inside my head, that's what you get on the radio. I love it. I love it. Well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So Obviously, after a successful career in, in radio and broadcast and television and movies and everything else, I mean, you know, there's probably a lot of different directions you could have gone, a lot of different things you could have done. Uh, no. I know a lot. <laughs> no, you're, that's actually what a lot of people assume. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that doing a morning radio show for why I was on the air, my, my career was 22 years, mm -hmm. uh, is great. We did a lot of cool things, been a lot of neat people, you know, did a lot of things that I, uh, are very memorable, but it gave me almost no transferable <laughs> skills. Really, because <laughs> after my career, I was like, well, what am I really trained to do here? Sure, sure. Can I go get a job at a bank, at UPS? <laughs> well, they don't really, they're not really looking for someone who can give away David Bowie tickets, <laughs> you know? They're not looking for uh, funny people. Sure, sure. Um, so what can I do? I have no mm. college education. Right. Uh, and it turns out that the one, I, I would say, uh, transferable skill mm -hmm. is that being able to relate to people and mm -hmm. talk with people and listen to people. You know, I've done hundreds of thousands of interviews on sure. the radio, and it teaches you how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. That is probably the most important skill to have in not just real estate, but in a lot of businesses. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, actual physical skill, none. <laughs> so how did you go? I mean, obviously there was some separation and then all of a sudden you just stumbled into real, like how did this whole well, thing get I, kicked uh, off? So I was fired from my last job at Dave FM. It was two days before my 50th birthday. Oh gosh. And um, it was really a kick in the stomach mm. for a minute. Sure. Uh, because very shortly after, you know, feeling that 
gut punch, mm-hmm. I realized, and this was one of the few times in my life that I, I had a real lucid, you know, smartest guy in the room <laughs> uh, epiphany. Sure. Uh, I realized that the only thing that could suck worse than getting fired two days before my 50th birthday would be getting fired two days before my 60th birthday. Mm. And in radio, you are all, that the only thing you know for sure in radio is that you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're getting fired. Right. All right. So, um, you know, I realized I'd been on two stations. Uh, I had a two year old son at the time, a three year old son. Uh, I wasn't going to move from Atlanta. Probably wouldn't get another job in Atlanta. They're really, I'm not a sports talk host. Mm-hmm. I'm not a country music guy. I'm not, yeah. you know, who's yeah. going to hire me? I need to do something. Sure. Had no idea. I actually started a little video business for a while that I didn't like. And my mom said, uh, she said, you should go get your real estate license. (laughs) And I said, mom, don't ever say that to me again. (laughs) That's the the worst idea you've ever had. I said, get my real estate license? I'm... I'm Jimmy Barron. I tell jokes. Uh, you know, I've you know I've sat in the room with the Dalai Lama. You know, I'm not a realtor. I'm not going to walk around. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have a business card with my picture on it, right. holding up a business card now with my picture on it. Um, and she said, "Well, you know what? You've bought an investment property before, right?" I said, "Yes." She said, "Well, why don't you get your license just the next time if you buy?" A property, you'll have more information, and sure. you can do it yourself. I said, "Okay, that that makes sense." Sure, you like it. And the more I learned about it, uh, the more I actually enjoyed it. I <laughs> I enjoyed learning about it. I thought it was kind of interesting and cool. And I've always been a very curious person. I think that's what made me uh, good in radio is having a curiosity, always mm-hmm. wanting to know things. Um, and I had a very good friend. His name is Mark Golden. He has a, a boutique firm in Toco Hills called the Golden Group, and he he's very successful. And he said, why don't you come work for me? He did a lot of property management and sales. And I shadowed Mark for a year or two and learned about real estate, learned the conversation of real estate, learned how to read contracts, learned the verbiage, mm-hmm. you know, how to relate to, to clients. Uh, and it was a great learning. Um, it was a great learning experience. And then I moved to where I am now, yeah. where there was more edu- formal education, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I needed. I love it. Well, and so the two things I really want to kind of zero in on here. So the first was the transferable skill of communication, because I yeah. think that's so underrated. But then the second, um, and and especially to you know the consumers maybe that are thinking about getting their license or have ever kind of been down the same road that you have, where they're finishing one career, starting another, or thinking about starting another, or maybe they don't want to officially retire. Maybe they want to be more semi-retired. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more, but uh, let's go back to communication. So I'm with you. I think if you, if you want to master one skill in this business, it's that. In life. In life. You're right. You're right. So talk to us a little more about that. How did radio really benefit you in your real estate career when it comes to communication? Because you mentioned curiosity, which I think is a great skill for life as well. If you're constantly curious, if you're constantly learning um, in real estate, as you know, the market's always changing, but the education is, and so are the contracts and everything else. So Mm -hmm. you have to remain curious, I feel like, to be effective. But talk to us about the communication component, what you kind of learned from radio, how that translated into into your real estate career. Well, uh, you know... 
I think I got into radio. I think, you know, I didn't learn how to be a decent communicator in radio. Mm. I mean, I think you have to have that to get into radio, and I think uh, it helps. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met in my life who are like, you know, hey, I, I think I'd be good on the radio. And, you know, and it's like it's not, it's, it's not that easy. <laughs> right, right. Making it sound easy right. is what makes you good. Absolutely. You know, if you think, oh, my gosh, it's so easy what those guys do. They just go in there and tell jokes. <laughs> they, you know, it's not easy, right. and that's why there are only a few that are – successful at it mm-hmm. uh and but you know like with anything i mean i don't care what it is uh it looks you know i mean freddie Fe- freeman looks makes it look easy yeah exactly right? it's not exactly. you know um so uh, but because i think I, I was always a curious person and made me want to talk to people mm-hmm. i enjoy making people laugh i enjoy making people smile and mm-hmm. you know and have fun when they're with me uh, which is what radio is all about. Yep. And I do think that in uh, real estate, when you're dealing with, you know, with people, they they want to enjoy being with you. They No, you have to know your stuff. Right. You have to be educated. You have to, you know, uh, people want to know, they want the confidence to know that their realtor either knows what he or she is talking about or is resourceful enough to find the answers. For sure. Uh, so you really have to have a confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but but they have to like you. Mm-hmm. And what is radio? People don't like you, you don't have good ratings. Right, right. So, um, you know, I, I always studied stand-up comedians, mm-hmm. and I was a big fan of sitcoms and talk shows and, you know, things that are, you know, and, and listening and watching um, interview shows. Because I enjoyed it, and it, mm-hmm. like maybe that uh, kind of, you know, planted seeds in you know how what people respond to. Yeah, well, and and I think you know as media has shifted, as I mean, really, we're talking about attention at the end of the day, right? Like the attention went away from from audio as it relates to to radio programming right. into podcasting and into YouTube and to a lot of it. I mean, people just went in different directions. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it was, I mean, this was 2000 and, uh, what was it? It was 2011, right? It was 2011 when I left left my last job. And the handwriting was on the wall. Mm -hmm. Radio contracts were getting shorter. Uh, the money wasn't as as much mm-hmm. because of things like podcasting and the internet. Uh, advertisers were seeking money into those platforms, mm-hmm. so there wasn't as much money coming into radio. Sure. So, you know, um, I, I mean, the timing really worked out. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I have a lot of friends in radio right now uh, who are miserable, um, and but they they don't know where you know they've been doing it for twenty twenty five years. They don't know what to do. Sure, like. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people who I've spoken with when they've seen my career trajectory have said, well, of course Jimmy was able to make it in radio. People knew who he was. It was easy. He, you know, the minute he – it's, and it's a totally reasonable sure, uh, assumption sure. yeah. that because I, I had some name recognition mm-hmm. that immediately I would have clients and business and blah, blah, blah. It was the opposite. Mm. It was the total opposite, much to my surprise, because I was one of those people who thought this should be easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, when people know you as one thing for so long, mm-hmm. and that one thing is being like a joker <laughs> and a funny guy and a wise guy and, you know, an entertainer, mm-hmm. um, they may be think it's cool to talk to you and you want to hear, they want to hear stories about, you know, having dinner with Elton John or whatever, but they don't want you to sell their house. (laughs) You know, they're not asking you to sell their $2 million house just because you've been on the radio. They want someone who knows what they're talking about. And so I had best friends who my first couple of years um, bought or sold homes and they used other realtors. Mm. And I was hurt, and it kind of caused, it even caused a wedge. I, take that, yeah. I do take that stuff personally. Sure, sure. I understand it now. Yeah. So people couldn't see me in another light. Most of my clients early in my career were people who had no idea I was ever on the air mm-hmm. or on the radio. I met them in an open house or door knocking, um, and that's how I got a lot of my business. I, ne- I, I would not even mention my previous career. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, like uh, that's the reason I laughed is because I assumed as well, man, huge following, right? Tons of people listening to you day in and day out for years. Surely it was just like flip of a switch, right? The business just poured in and people couldn't stop calling and emailing. But you're right. I think that's a huge and I've heard that that's been a common theme. And a lot of very successful agents that I've talked to is that they were they were really, really good at something else. They came into real estate assuming they were going to have a great book of business to pull from. Very, very rarely does that actually work out. Very, very rarely. Um, and, and the common theme, exactly like you said, has been experience. Like people want someone that is going to give them certainty <laughs> in a transaction, whether you're buying or selling, right? They want to know every step of the way. They want the education. They want the information. But they also want you to know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, so kind of kind of moving along those same lines, talk to us a little bit about your real estate career. What, what have you learned? Um, what's been uh, maybe the biggest surprise to you about real estate? But also... Uh, what are you currently working on? I know you do a lot of luxury stuff here in Buckhead and Sandy Springs and stuff, which is a, a thriving area for, for that segment. Um, but talk to us a little more about real estate in general, your career, um, just all of it. Let's, let's all dig of in. it. Holy cow. <laughs> Here's all of it. Um, I mean, uh, you know, my area of town is primarily Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, Buckhead, you know, and now further north as people have, are starting to leave mm-hmm. Sandy Springs, Dunwoody, and Buckhead. And, <laughs> sure. you know, I mean, I've never, all of a sudden I'm selling homes in Swanee and coming and, you know, all points north, like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, it's been, uh, I think the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise to me is that I can do this. Mm. I mean, the biggest surprise to me has been, you know, I mean, I remember I used to look at some of the, numbers that I would see successful realtors, you know, do. And I, I don't mean like Glennis Beecham numbers that are, you know, <laughs> like in the stratosphere, but, sure. you know, you know, still, you know, solid six figure numbers. And I'd be like, how am I going to ever, I, I, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, but um, so to me, the surprise has been just that uh, I have that those skills I didn't think I had 13 years ago or 11 years ago, uh, I've somehow been able to uh, use. 
yeah. you know, are fine. And so it's been – I also didn't think this that I would find as much personal satisfaction mm. in making people happy. You know, you really are – you know, I, I say on the back of my business card, and I stole this from someone a long time ago. I saw it, and I thought, I want that. It says, helping you make great real estate decisions that will improve the quality of your life. Mm. That's like a powerful statement. It is. And – you really are. I mean, occasionally it might be a situation where it's a divorce or, a, you know, a, a death or something like that or, you know, hope, you know, foreclosure. But typically you are helping people get to a better place in life. Mm-hmm. And that's a real satisfying uh, feeling. And I really enjoy that. And it makes me feel this isn't just about, you know, commission. Yeah. Um, I do love the idea and focusing on this not being a transactional career. There are some who have transactional businesses, and that's fine. Um, that's not what I'm looking to do. I, you know, I tell people, like, I'm not – I don't want to help you um, buy a house. I want to help you buy all your houses. Mm. And if I don't do a good job on the first one, I'm not going to help that's you right. or your friends on on the rest of them, mm. and that's what I'm about. Yeah. Um, I I was at uh, you know the <clears throat> the company I'm not supposed to name <laughs> uh, has an event called uh, Family Reunion, mm-hmm. uh, and I was watching a speaker once, and they were a very successful team out of um, Washington or someplace like that. And they talked about how their business is built on just catering and spending their marketing dollars on their database, 100-person database, 200-person database. That's it. You don't need to spend $10,000 a month for the back page of the Business Chronicle. You don't need to do billboards. You don't need to do this, that, you know, Zillow, all that stuff. That if you focus and love the people who you know will refer you, you can have a huge business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I'm constantly trying to remind myself to do. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Well, um, I mean, again, I, th- I feel like there's just a million different directions we could yeah. go in. But for me, I mean, I, I love what you mentioned there as well. I think the relationship-driven business is something I've tried to build as well. And it's hard. And yeah. it takes a lot longer than the transactional. I mean, like you said, you can go spend $10,000 and get a ton of leads and go convert them and be done and finish. But at the end of the day, you know, the money is really just changing hands and changing names. There's no there's no personality, if that makes sense, behind the business, I guess. And that's one thing I've always tried to do with my business is create an environment where the people in that database all know and like each other and work with each other. And I mean, I've got contractors in my database. I've got people Mm -hmm. that, you know, constantly need my referrals as well. (laughs) Yeah, you know exactly. And, you know, I like when I get a text, uh, you know, I got a text actually this morning from someone who uh, I helped a couple of years ago find a condo. And he asked me, hey, do you know, do you know any good at HOA attorneys. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know, maybe there's a sale coming up there that, but, but no, but the point is like to be a resource for your clients that cannot be, you can't, I just can't overstate how important that is. And when I sit down with clients, you know, um, especially if it's a listing appointment, you know, I want them to know, you know, I got plumbers, I got carpenter, electricians, movers, you know, all of the above. 
Uh, I'm your, you know, I'm your one-stop shop for resources. The average person doesn't have that. Correct. Yeah, that's so true. So anything that surprised you in a bad way about real estate? Anything that you're like, man, if someone had told me about this in real estate, I would have never gotten my license. Well, not so much that. Well, I'd say the two things that have been, you know, that we all deal with, but um, people don't take realtors they still we still for whatever reason and this is something we just it's our job to mm -hmm. uh, convert as you know people still think this is an easy job mm -hmm. uh, people think they don't need a realtor because they got Zillow yep. and you know I, I tell people all the time you know we could be looking for a house for a year and when we finally find a house for a year I tell them I know I know you're gonna find this hard to believe but that was the easy part, mm -hmm. like finding the property or finding the buyer. Like that's actually that part that you thought was impossible. That's the easy part. Right. Getting from contract to close, that's where I do my work. Yep. Uh, and that's where you can get hurt as a buyer or seller if you don't have someone, you know, quarterbacking. Um, and people who uh, will, uh, you know, clients who will tell you, you know, I've sold five houses. I know how this goes. When's the last time you sold a house? You know, 25 years ago. It's different now. Things have changed. You know, yeah. things have changed. <laughs> how long was the, you know, how many pages was the contract when right. you bought this house? <laughs> right. Two. Now it's about, you know, 24. <laughs> so uh, people still don't give us the same uh, credibility mm -hmm. as, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or any other profession, um, you know, and still always second guess us. But, you know, that's just, you know, that's part of it. Um, I have also noticed, and this is just because, you know, the, all these real estate shows on TV, mm -hmm. right? What have people done over the last two years during COVID? They sit and they watch flip that whatever, <laughs> and then they go, oh, I can get my real estate license. And, you know, um, and the, the generation now of people who expect to be paid for everything and who expect to be making a lot of money right away. Mm -hmm. um, this is not a career that you are going to make a lot of money if you don't go in feet first, like, mm -hmm. you know, jump, all you got to dive in. You got to be all in. Yeah. Can you make some pocket money as the, you know, as the cul-de-sac agent? Yeah, I guess you probably could. Sure. But if you want to make a lot of money, you can't be doing this and also, you know, uh, opening up a, uh, you know, a fitness studio and also having a music career and also pursuing all, all kinds of other side gigs. Mm -hmm. And I meet people like that. Uh, I've had people who want to kind of learn under me mm -hmm. and have me shadow them. And then I find out they're doing other things. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not interested because yeah. the minute you get, you know, you, you know, uh, a gig the real estate's going to, yeah. so, you know, you know, I've had people who've, I've had young agents who have asked, Hey, can you host an open house, uh, this weekend and have been, and have said, um, yes, just so you know, I charge, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever. Um, I'm like, that wouldn't have even crossed my mind when I get in the business. Yeah. Like, get paid to host an open. I mean, this is where you're learning. This is where you're going to pick up, 
you know, possibly clients. For sure. I mean, I'm giving you an opportunity. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's a, I think it might be a generational thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, especially you mentioned the last two years, the last two years has kind of thrown everyone into a, yeah. a spin, right? Good, bad, or otherwise. And, and, you know, I think what you mentioned there earlier, too, is really important that if you want to build a business uh, out of this career, out of this, out of this world that we live in that is residential or even commercial real estate, what you focus on expands, Right. And if your focus is split, because I'm, I'm coming from a personal experience where there was three months where I owned one business and tried to do real. It was impossible. Right? It's it was that impossible. saying. There's that saying, uh, a dog that chases two rabbits won't catch either exactly. of them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's it. You exactly. Can, you, you can be mediocre at two businesses right. if you want, or you can right. be really successful. Well, and, and, you know, I think this is where some self-reflection for everyone, right, goes into you know, ultimately, what do you want out of this? Because it's just like everything else. Whatever you put in is what you'll get out. Um, and and if you're a part-time agent and only want to be a part-time agent, there's there's a place for you. Now, you may not make a ton of money and you right. may not be, you know, a, a great uh, business 10 years from now, but there's always a spot for that. Um, and it really, you know, I think the comparison that you mentioned earlier is very easy for new agents to get sucked up into that, well, Jimmy's selling $30 million a year in real estate, and this guy over here is brand new, and he's only been in the business for a year, and he's selling $10 million. You know, that to me is like probably the worst thing about our space is that people get distracted by that. Um, yes. And, and a lot of people play that comparison game, which I think can be to their detriment in a lot of cases. But And, and the truth is, uh, you know, maybe why that is is because it's one of the few – careers uh, that you don't need a formal education, mm -hmm. you know, years of college um, to do very, very well. Mm -hmm. And so people immediately assume that means it's easy. Right. Well, it's not. It's still a lot of work and it's still hard and you're still going to, you know, lose a lot mm -hmm. uh, of times. But... Uh, you know, the attrition, hopefully, I mean, like the last two years, the market's been flooded with mm -hmm. people who, you know, thought it would be fun. And now mm -hmm. they go back to work and I'm sure that we'll probably lose a, 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 a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but that's good because it's not good for our business to have a lot of mediocrity right. out there. Agreed. I agree. All right. So in kind of closing up the conversation here, and I, again, really appreciate your time and insight and wisdom um, from all facets of life. But um, kind of in closing here. Said no one ever to me. <laughs> well, I just yeah, did. Okay, so I'll yeah, be the first right, one. I'm happy right. to take that trophy. Um, so uh, in closing, let's talk a little bit about professionalism, but also, and, and I think one thing that you do really, really well um, is stand out in a good way. Because, you know, there's a very low bar, as you mentioned. And I think, honestly, like you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the expectation is very low. You know, one step above used car salesman, no offense to any used car salesman out there, basically, right? No, and by but, the way, you're quoting polls. Like, right, the polls right. have said that. This isn't something that you just right, you know, exactly. came up with. So how do we stand out as realtors, but also adding a layer of professionalism because it is up to us to communicate our value. It is up to us to, to communicate to our current clients, past clients, and future clients what makes us different. Why should you choose a Matt LaMarcia, Jimmy Barron? Why, why, you know, how can we stand out and why do we, uh, how do we get these people to actually, you know, listen to our advice and take 
you know, what we're our experience seriously. So, you know, there are a couple things. First of all, understand that you're opening a business, okay? You're not an employee anymore. You are the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, invest in, in your business. Yeah. Um, invest in nice clothes. Like, you know, I'm when I see people, uh, men, hosting open houses or showing property in shorts, mm. Uh, you know, and forgive me, you may, I don't know. No, no, no. Um, to me that, and maybe it's old, it might be old school, uh, but I, 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 like shorts are not what professionals wear, you know, uh, unless you're a tennis player. Even so, if it's a hundred degrees in Atlanta, Georgia? Even if it's a hundred degrees in Atlanta. <laughs> okay. You know, I, my father was in sales, which I don't consider myself in sales. Uh, people have asked me since I left radio, you know, how do you like sales? And I always tell them. Not for one day have I ever felt like I was in sales because mm. I feel like, first of all, I'm not selling anything. Right. I'm helping this person uh, find a, a good home for their family. I'm f- helping this person find someone who will buy their home. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a, more of a consultant, but sure. I don't feel like I'm in sales. Yep. Um, and so, uh, you know, you're, um, my, my dad was in sales, left the house every day in a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. No, this was in the 60s, sure. okay, so it's it's a different time. But I don't think what's different now is what a professional looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to meet with people, um, I'm always wearing uh, a suit, maybe not a tie if I don't want to look too intimidating. You know, right. if I'm meeting with someone who thinks I'm uh, – who, who might think I look too much like a shark, you know, <laughs> uh, or too sharp, you know, maybe I'll tone it down. Sure. But, um, you know, dress like a professional. Uh, you, don't, you don't show homes in shorts mm. or workout gear. I, and I'm not, it's not men, too. I see, you know, women, too, mm-hmm. you know, running around in their athleisure wear with, you know, they just came from the gym or a tennis list. Sure. I don't feel that's appropriate. Sure. I mean, it's fine. I just sure. don't think you're taken seriously. Sure. Um, uh, so, you know, be you know, be available to the clients. I've taken classes where I've seen people say, you know what, you have to set boundaries that, you know, I don't answer calls after five o'clock, that's family time, and I don't, you know, I go nine at five, and then I'll call you first thing in the morning, but after five, that's fine. I don't believe in that um, because... I may not answer my phone after, or if I don't answer my phone after five or six o'clock, another agent will. Mm-hmm. And that agent will be me, by the way. Sure. You know, someone calls me at 11 o'clock at night, and, I, and I'm okay talking to them, I'll answer them. If mm-hmm. they call me tomorrow at 11 o'clock at night, and I don't feel like talking to them, I won't talk. You know, I won't. I'll, I'll call sure. you in the morning, whatever. Sure. Sure. But I think you, you, you know, you, you have to be available for your clients. Um, as you know, uh, if you want to, if you want to make um, a lot, if you want to get a lot of business, mm. plan a lot of vacations. Because what do we all know <laughs> so that true. the day before you go on vacation? Right. Your phone's going <laughs> to ring off the hook with every buyer you've been working with who all of a sudden found a house they want to buy, you know, listing appointments, all that. So That's I said, right. oh, I'll just plan more vacations That's and my exactly phone will ring more. But yeah. I do end up working on vacation uh, because that's how – that's the only way 
daddy can afford to take us on vacations. <laughs> now, will I draw boundaries within, within that? Yes. Sure. I mean, I have a horrible, one of the worst memories I have, one of the worst memories I have uh, of being a realtor on vacation. I took my son to Jekyll Island and he was out playing in the in in the water, you know, splashing around in the in the in the, the ocean, and he's yelling to me. He was probably only only about eight, and he's like, you know, Daddy, come on in, Daddy, come on, let's play in the waves, come on. And I'm on the beach on the phone, you know, negotiating an amendment to address concerns for an hour, and it was a you know the deadline was today, yep. and it was com- complicated and whatever. It's going to happen occasionally, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's the difference between having a career and a job. Yep. So, um, you know, but, but be, be professional. Speak professional. Don't swear when you're talking to clients. <laughs> you know, don't curse, sure. even if they are. Yeah. It's just not, it's not professional. Yeah. I like it. What a great place to end it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, first and foremost, for taking the time to to come in and talk with us about this. And I'm sure we're going to have a wonderful response from from everyone that's been listening to uh, today's uh, podcast episode. Um, and uh, I just appreciate you pouring back in. really means Pleasure. a lot. I, uh, I love what you said earlier, and I'll finish with this. But, you know, you mentioned, I think I took a CE course where uh, our, our initial, you know, post-license was. And I was sitting there, and I was watching you speak to this group of, I don't know, 30 or so new agents. And what you just said was exactly right. You said, you know, it's a very serious business, but I, and I could immediately tell this about you. There was some levity that you added to it. You have and to. I think not only the people that were there taking that class, but also your clients, other agents, like we run into people all day, every single day. And the communication, that little bit of levity is what I took away from it. I really appreciate you for that. So Absolutely. thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe. And for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.